The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition. Yes, another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I am your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. There's a hoop ball presentation. So check out hoop ball on Twitter at hoop ball tweets online hoop dash ball.com particularly if you're into anything fantasy related because it is closing in on that time we are like t-minus 50 plus days and counting uh before the nba season begins again which is kind of crazy to say but listen i'm also very excited about it um and with that you know you want to be on top check out our draft guide and all the other resources that we have at our disposal i promoted this this time last year i didn't use it as much as i should have and i particularly failed i came with the best team name though that's usually what i do but other than just winning you know the funniest team name try to win your league and you could do that with us so hoop-ball.com on twitter at hoopball tweets all right so normally it's like a weekend episode don't really do a whole lot of them but we had a big just monster blockbuster trade first thing in the morning seismic ramifications for all these teams involved and i thought who else to bring than my good buddy really just the summer league bro um Cavs extraordinaire host of his own pod and who better to understand the nuances and just the ripple effects this trade will have on the entire nba than my friend justin matcham you can find him on twitter at justin match 26 justin how you doing man you're talking about trades i thought we were here to talk about anthony tolliver getting waved <laughs> listen Anthony Tolliver, we got to pull one out for you, boy. I can't believe the 76ers are trying to tank. <laughs> Just, I mean, I thought they were trying to win. You try to trade Ben Simmons. Now they want to blow it all up. Anthony Tolliver, what's next? You're going to try to move and beat? Get out of here. And then the Suns, man. I mean, you brought up Tyshawn Alexander before we started. And, yeah, it's it's like do the Suns even really want to compete now and build for the future? I, I don't think Seaman Cable doing both. So, Honestly, those Puzzling. two teams, forget them, man. I don't know. Let's let's talk about teams that, <laughs> that really made positive moves, like the Cleveland Cavs. Like they are setting the groundwork here for a, a very solid future. Um, for a dynasty. For there a dynasty. you go. Hundred percent. <laughs> for sure. For sure. We got to break down the trade that happened for the Cavs, including the Bulls and the Blazers, because you know they had to try to impress Damian Lillard. Three team trade broke down this morning. First. Adrian Wojnarowski reported that, curiously, just out of nowhere, Larry Markin had signed with the Cleveland Cavs on a four-year, $6-7 million contract as part of a three-way deal that would send the Cavs Larry Nance Jr. to the Trailblazers while, you know, finally giving Damian Lillard the, the sidekick he really needed, while the Chicago Bulls would receive Derrick Jones Jr. and a protected first-round draft pick from Portland as well as a future second-round draft pick from Cleveland. So, again, Larry Markin basically is going from Chicago to Cleveland, Larry Nance from Cleveland to Portland, and Derrick Jones Jr. for Portland to Chicago, as well as a uh, protected first and a second. A lot of moving parts to this, um, but what do you, let's just, I guess we got to go at it piece by piece between these three teams. I figured, you know, the Cavs, that's your that's your team. Uh, they made the biggest move of this. Let's, let's start with them. Um, what do you think about the Cavaliers receiving Larry Markkinen and just the, the many just excited reactions on Twitter basically all day? So it's definitely, it's weird. Um, and I really didn't know what to make of it at first. Uh, obviously, just as somebody who does, you know, watch the Cavs a lot, it is disappointing, if nothing else, to see Larry Nance gone. Obviously, terrific human being who has done a lot for, you know, the Cleveland area, um, who's also a very good basketball player, obviously has had, you know, just issues staying healthy over the past few years that has limited his amount of time played in Cleveland. Um, so it was kind of disappointing that we never really got a full season out of him. Uh, it just kind of never worked out. But... 
I, you know what? The Cavaliers, I, I don't know. This is, I, I'm not as low on it as everyone else is. I, I understand from the aspect you're, you're a Cavs of, fan. well, like even like there are <laughs> more kidding. than more, uh, the majority of Cavs fans don't like this move, but um, like they got a shooter. <laughs> like that's true. This team true. needed spacing. Um, you know, outside the Sexton and Garland, there was not a lot of it on this team. We were looking at a potential starting lineup of, you know, and maybe we still are, but Garland and Sexton and then Okoro, um, Mobley and Allen, and then Nance, Rubio, Jetty Osman coming off the bench. Um, maybe Kevin Love coming off the bench, maybe not, depending on whether or not he's healthy. So, like, you definitely get the shooting that you need. Um, yeah. About, I mean, so, okay. The contract for Larry Markkinen is, what is it? Is it $67 million? 67, yeah. And that $67 last, million. Yeah. Dollars. Uh-huh. Um, the last year, only a $16 million, or a $6 million, rather. Yeah, guaranteed. guaranteed. Which is good. I think that last mm-hmm. year is nice. Yeah. So, like, I think that makes, you know, the initial reporting look a little bit better that they can get out of that a year early if they want to. Um, again, overall, it, it's an overpay for what Larry Markkinen has been, but I don't think it's so egregious as to where it's not going to like handcuff the franchise or anything. But it is interesting that they're committing this much money this offseason to both Jared Allen and Larry Markkinen when they just drafted Evan Mobley. Um, it does kind of make you question uh, what the future is going to look like for this team because I understand taking an upside swing on a guy like Larry Markkinen. I really like – on a regular, you know, team that maybe needs, you know, that position more so, um, mm-hmm. it makes sense to just take the upside swing. Um, obviously, still, I believe, only 24, uh, you know, had a couple of disappointing seasons. Uh, wasn't really, you know, kind of you can question whether Jim Boylan was great for his development or not. Uh, obviously, just wasn't a great fit on the Bulls team last year. Uh, and, you know, getting Vooch kind of just made it impossible for those two to coexist. So, True. you know, maybe a change of scenery is what he needs and Cleveland definitely needs what he brings again, which is shooting um, being a 40% shooter. This is a team that desperately needs that moving forward. Um, and I do understand the argument of Larry Nance was a better player on a better contract. Um, believe me, I, I do understand that, but mm-hmm. I think that you should also at least consider the other side of it, which is, Larry Nance wasn't exactly on this team's timeline. Um, also, they both play the same position. Uh, it's not like you're just adding another big, like you're swapping a power forward for a power forward, essentially. Yeah. And like, like I don't know. Um, at the end of the day, like, I think after free agency kind of shook out the way it did, like it became pretty obvious that this team wasn't really going to be a playoff contender. or wasn't really in a play in mix just because the East is so good right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like every team in the East, except for maybe the Pistons and, and what Magic, Pistons, Magic, and I guess maybe you can say the Wizards aren't going for it, but the Wizards are still going to be pretty good. I guess I yeah, can say the Wizards are still going for it. They just signed Spencer, didn't we? They're going for oh, it. Of course they are. Better so pretty Russell much Westbrook. every team, as pretty good. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much every team is going for it in the East right now. At least trying to be a good team. You know, the Pacers are projected to be healthy going into the season. I think the Hornets have made moves, and, you know, we saw them be right there last year. If Gordon Hayward is healthy and things go their way, they could be there. 
obviously the Bulls and the Heat took big steps forward, and there really wasn't a team that fell out. So I don't really – I think it was pretty clear that, like, the Cavaliers were probably going to be one of the teams on the outside looking in. Um, and if that's the case, yes, Larry Nance is the better player, but I kind of also understand just taking the upside swing on a guy like Markkinen. And if he works out, um, great. It, you, it's, even if he does work out, there are other questions that need to be answered because you still have two guys. Uh, you can't play both of them next to him on the floor. Um, Larry, Larry Markin at small forward is not an experiment. Show that should never happen again. Um, but <laughs> never again, never again with Larry Markin at the three just doesn't work defensively. But, um, I think again, it's an overpay for Larry Markin at, you know, the number that he got, which is about, I believe, what was it? 16.75 annually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that it's so egregious that it can't be traded if need be, especially if things work out and he looks good. Um, I think that that down the line, you're just kind of hoping that one of Jared Allen or Larry Markkinen pans out. Um, You bring along Mobley slowly. I am assuming at this point that by the money that they paid Larry Markkinen, that the plan is probably to bring Evan Mobley off the bench to start the season and just kind of bring him along slowly. And if, you know, those first two guys, you know, pop off and play well, maybe Evan Mobley comes off the bench the whole year, which is, you know, not a traditional way of doing things. No, but I, I do like think it. that we've seen that Evan Mobley, you know, can use a little bit of development time. He could use some time to be in an NBA weight program. Um, again, I don't love it, but I do also think it makes more sense than other guys who are maybe a little bit more polished and a little bit more NBA ready than Mobley right now. Um, and if the Cavs believe that, I mean, I can't say that I don't, at all where they're coming from um again i don't think anyone expects this team to move you know five years into the future with all of evan mobley larry larkin and, and evan or and yeah, something's got to give and so I think that's the thing though like i think the other two guys are tradable enough to where like it can be done if needed and i think you know both making maybe a little bit more than they should be but still both good young contributing players i think Again, it's just an upside. See what you have in Laurie. Um, yes, you got worse with this trade, but at the end of the day, you know, you weren't really going to be in the playoff picture anyway. So what does it hurt to take the upside swing? That's true. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a try. You're right. I mean, he did shoot a career high in from the field and from deep last year. He shot 40% mm-hmm. from the field, 40% from three. Mind you, it was a rough year. I mean, career low, 13.6 points. Obviously, like you said, playing off the bench uh, after Vooch came in, which makes a lot of sense. But you're looking at someone who's young. You know, it could be a great floor spacing big um, upside swing there. I didn't like it because, like, I knew when they did this, that means you're not going to start Evan Mobley. And to me, it's like, why? Like he's and maybe, going to maybe be, that's uh-huh. my assumption, but I'm not hundred percent convinced that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not hundred percent convinced that Mobley. I mean, even if Mobley isn't the day one starter, um, yeah, I mean, Lamelo ball wasn't the day one starter last year, you know, I, it could be a thing that, you know, rides a little bit of the season and then Evan Mobley looks ready. Um, if, if, like I said, if Laurie Markin looks really, really good and Mobley looks like he still needs a little bit more time to put on some strength and, you know, polish, off other parts of his game. Like I get where they're coming from as far as just the bringing him along slowly aspect of it. Even if I don't entirely agree with it. I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that part. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think the Cavs going were fast. So I don't think it hurts them to play Mobley, but you're right. It's, it's, it's been president that has been done before. 
um, or there's been a precedent of it being done before. So mm-hmm. that's true as well. Um, okay, so looking at it from the Cleveland side, let's go to Chicago real quick. Uh, I think they're kind of the quickest. Uh, they weren't going to get anything crazy for marketing. I think they already knew that. No, before. this was much more than I expected them to get. Yeah, I mean, seriously, like the two future picks are a nice bonus, I guess. I mean, the 2022nd is top 14 protected. Wonderful. It's, it's a lottery protected pick until 2028 from from Portland. Uh-huh, and that 2023. Uh, I would expect that to convey this year. Um, okay. And then a 2023 pick from Denver in the second round, which probably isn't going to be that great either. But, you know, regardless, getting two picks and getting say. another, like, at least serviceable rotation player who yeah. I think is going to play for Chicago and, and Derek Jones. It's wild. Uh, I, I know he kind of fell out of favor near the end and <laughs> – in Portland, but I think he plays a position of this need for a position of need for this team. And also brings a little bit of defensive versatility that, you know, they really don't have at that spot outside of Pat Williams. So like, I think they got a terrific call here for, you know, what Laurie Markin was probably worth at this point. Yeah. I was going to say, if you had told me that you would not only like, you would obviously get rid of Laurie Markin, but as the bulls, you would get two picks, mind you, regardless of where they are. No, I, no, I wouldn't, I would have been shocked. You know, I mean, I didn't see it. Um, and then, like you said. Can I ask you this, though, about Chuck, let's, Chicago? Let's get it. What's up? Would you rather have the non-lottery first and a late second, or an early second, rather? Well, no, a late second. I messed that up. Would you rather have basically like a mid to late first and a late second and Derek Jones than Larry Nance? If you're Chicago, who's kind of going all in right now anyway? That's a good question. And honestly, I think you're right. I would probably lean more toward having Larry Nance. I, think, I would too, honestly. Yeah, you get someone who – I think what know, he provides uh, – like he, he probably competes for a starting role with Patrick Williams in Chicago. 100%. And again, for a team going all in right now, I'm kind of surprised they didn't just do that. But regardless, I think uh-huh. they got a pretty decent haul. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, what, Nance is someone who I think he played between, like, the three, four, and five for y'all last year. He could shoot the three a little bit, showed some really good playmaking in times. Like, he'll be a great additional connector on the floor for starting five is going to have, I mean, already good playmakers in DeRozan and Lonzo Ball. Mm -hmm. But just someone to kind of, you know, do a little bit of everything alongside Vooch. Like, I think that would be tremendous balance as at that starting four. But, I mean, in this case, I don't mind it. I mean, you definitely aren't going to get the shooting from, you know, Mr. Uh, Jones Jr., who shot, what, 31% from three? I think he was 43, 436 from out there. Yeah. It wasn't good at all, no. But, I mean, athletic, defensively, I guess there's something there. You know, at least you got a, a guy who can play the three and maybe swing to the four occasionally, even though he is, like, side of frame. Um, and I guess that kind of helps that position. You know, you're not playing a lot of guys out of position there in terms of – I mean, DeRozan, I think, is more of a three at this stage of his career. But um, you at least have, mm-hmm. like, a solid backup or solid guy alongside that. So, it's okay. I mean, plus, he's on expiring deal, what, 9.7? So – if it doesn't work out, you know, say la vie. You know, you keep it moving. Um, yeah. And I think that's okay. I, I think I agree with you, though. Portland, um, it, what Portland got, if I was Chicago, I would have rather made a stronger move for getting that because I think that um, Nance would have been a much better fit there. But speaking of Nance, we got to go to Portland. Um, we're looking at the big moves they made to convince, you know, Damian Lillard to stay. They said, don't worry, we got you covered, bro. Uh, we're bringing back Norman Powell, and we got Cody Zeller right on the line right now. And guess what? Right after him, our very next call is Ben McLemore. Let's go, baby. Um, and that's what they did. And um, I don't understand it. I mean, they had a lot of holes to fill. This is a team that ranked 29th in the league last year uh, in defensive rating. Uh, and I like this move. I still don't think it's like the big move that was needed. But, I mean, let's be real. What move was going to get Portland the help that they need outside of moving maybe CJ and Nurk? In my opinion, but anyway, before yeah, we even I'm answer with, that, yeah, 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 you with it? It just I, I I see it, but I don't see it. You know? Yeah, 
I thought, like I said, I, I was pretty disappointed in the Blazers offseason heading into, I guess, today um, being the, the three-headed monster of Ben McLemore, Cody Zeller, and Tony Snell. Um, I have to say it every single time on a podcast, Mr. 50-50-100 himself, Tony Snell. Oh, my um, gosh. But that being all they did for pretty much the entire offseason up to this point, uh, other than gra- drafting Greg Brown, of course, uh, was – and I think they have Trenton Wofford on a two-way maybe. But anyway – Pretty underwhelming offseason. Um, and even with this move, I'm not going to say, like, this is the move that, like, redeems their inactivity. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to, you know, move the needle for them a ton. But Larry yeah. Nance, I mean, as far as just what he provides outside of star power um, is pretty much exactly what this team needs as, like, a real impact defender um, that can stay on the floor because he can also do things on offense. I think what he brings is more impactful than what Robert Covington uh, brought to them this past season. I expect him to do a lot more for them. Um, and overall, like I like, like I mean, like we said with Chicago, um, just brings an element of kind of secondary playmaking, uh, you know, outside of Damon CJ on this team. Um, really provides a, a, you know value as an on and off ball defender. Um, kind of in a similar way as Robert Covington, I do believe, especially as an off-ball defender. Um, those two in passing lanes should be fun to watch. But I think even more so as an on-ball defender than Covington, um, just because, again, I think he does a good job staying in front of guys, uh, you know, really, really long, just able to move and, and stay in front of guys and long enough to stay in front of guys, you know, and, and just does a lot of things well on defense. Like I said, he was an all-defensive candidate before he, you know, kind of missed – a large amount of time last season in Cleveland. Um, I expect him to be pretty much at that level next year in Portland, as long as, you know, the scheme differences aren't something that it takes him a long time to catch up with, which I really don't think it would be. And like we said, with Derek Jones Jr., uh, we'll be able to stay on the floor because, you know, he can do stuff on offense. So between the, the, you know, competent, I, I would say above average for his position playmaking and, you know, a, a, at least league average, I would say, shooting when he's healthy. Yeah, um, when healthy. I mean, that's a big thing. You're talking about a new player in and Portland. That is, that is important, a, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's the name of their life. The when healthy trailblazers, I feel like. But, mm-hmm. no, I'm with you. Like like you said, you basically said everything that needs to be said about that. Uh, someone who, he's not the superstar talent that Dane was asking for or that you would look, but he does a little bit of everything decently well. You have a lob threat, someone who could kind of shoot the ball decently enough that you can't, like, totally lay off of him. He has a little bit of passing in him. You get some athleticism, a little bit of switchability as well. Uh, definitely an upgrade over Derek Jones. Uh, and while he doesn't live, you know, on the outside, what, he made 36% of his catch-and-shoot threes over the last three years. So that's something mm-hmm. pretty solid. Um yeah, it's going to be a nice, decent roster. I don't know, again, if this is what you're looking for when you say, you know, we need a championship roster and they go, best I can do is decent, you know, but at the same time, like. But it's a little better. It's exactly. a little better. Oh, 100%. It's a step in the right direction. Yep. The important thing is that he needs to be healthy, but you have him. You let go of, um, I love Carmelo Anthony, so I'm not going to speak ill of him, but you let go of Anthony and Cantor. Uh, I don't think of the 29th ranked defense anymore. That's just that's just my. Uh, I don't I'm think they're good, but I think that they're not that. I don't think they're as bad as they were last year. You know what? There you go. I agree with that. I agree. They're they're not they're not terrible. They they they're like I would say what between twenty and twenty five. We'll say 20. Uh, there you go. 20, 20 through twenty five. I, I guess twenty third. All right. There we go. Yeah. Offense is obviously where they're going to be. 
Um, but th- I think Yo, I'll say 25th. I'll say 25th. You know, I'm gonna have to put some rankings on here. You know, I'm gonna get you on for my own NBA tier show. You know, I forget that. No, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still fired up about number one there, all day, bro. Let's go. No, I'm kidding. But, um, actually, I'm not really kidding. But anyway, moving Charlotte on, Hornets number two, Charlotte Hornets number two, Terry Rozier. Come on, he got the bag, and they got my guy Kelly Oubre. Get out of here. Number three, Minnesota, Portland Anthony Trail Edwards. Uh, I was going to say Portland Trailblazers Summer League team, number three. But oh, all day. They better work. sign Michael Beasley, too. <laughs> okay, we're, we're going off. I mean, honestly, though, ah, oh, man, we got to do – anyway, we should do a Summer League reaction show. I, I think I hit to hit that up. I would say it's out of here, but I want to keep this out fresh and hot. Um, all right, so with that being said, I, I have to ask the final question that really makes this – um, like, puts a seal on this one. It, it, we are recording yeah. on a Friday – Normally, uh, you know, tradition, we have to get back to it, by the way, but we have our fun trade Fridays. So I ask you, Justin Matchup, is this a fun trade? I don't know if it's fun. I mean, it's like, it's weird. Like, I'm not going to give this one the fun trade. Um, okay. It's, you know, I will give it the fun trade as in, like, there are a lot of different ways that this could go for Cleveland. It could go pretty well or it could go really badly. And even if it goes well, like there are like a bunch of different ways that this could go well. And like, I don't know here before we, before we cap this off, can I ask you a question? Hey, of, dude, of all, of course, let's go. Out of Mobley, Allen and marketing, which two do you think stay the longest? Mm. All right. In order, I'm going to go. Actually, you already said it. I would go Mobley, then Allen, the marketing. So Mobley how long do you stays think the longest. Here? I think marketing stays two and a half years. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. And it's it's I don't even know if it's that long, honestly. Like I think Mobley's gonna be ready before too long. And like 100%. I don't know if they want to keep at, you know, I don't know if they want to bring marketing off the bench. But like I do think everyone, you know, everybody is saying that this team needs a wing. They need to win, you know, they need help on the wing. JD Osmond's not enough. Isaac Okoro's not enough. I hear that too. Like, I kind of agree. I love Isaac. I love I love Isaac Okoro, but I do agree. Like they this team like needs help on the wing. That's clear. Um, you know, one, like they did address shooting with this problem. They addressed back a point guard in the Rubio trade. Like you can't solve all your problems in one offseason. And it's not like they didn't try. Like they Lakers looked at did. guys in free agency and just weren't able to. But the Lakers, Lakers the Lakers, and they can sign whoever the heck they want in free agency. <laughs> I'm like, I'm on, like, the listen, minimum, I'm, the minimum. Say, on the minimum, by the way. I'm the minimum. I was about to say, we filled our gaps. Now I'm playing. Well, we'll see. But anyway, going back to your actual, actual analysis. <laughs> but like, and like the Lakers are in a spot where like, they need to like more desperately plug their holes because they're a championship contending team. Cleveland yeah. at this stage after free agency is shaken out and like we're, we are where we are and other teams are where they are. And again, like we're clearly on the outside looking in. I feel like this team doesn't need to correct every issue it has this off season. No, they don't want to know where fast they got time. No, like you, you have time. You, you're taking a flyer and it is an expensive flyer, but you're taking a flyer and another young player um, and if this works out, like Larry Markin is making the money that you could even potentially trade for like a starting caliber wing if Larry Markin pans out. So like, yeah, if there, there good, are ways right. that this could work out. There are ways that this could work out. And there, like, I, I will not deny there are plenty of ways that this could fail, you know, fantastically. Um, and you just have way too much money. You know, Jared Allen doesn't ever become more than a middling starting center, 
Markkinen, you know, looks just like Davis Bertans 2.0, and like Mobley <laughs> is just looking for like Mobley's he not getting as much playing time as he should. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just saying. Let's let's be real here. That's his. That's Markkinen's wildest dreams. But anyways, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't <laughs> say wildest dreams. But oh, wow. um, what, what would he be? The finish. Is there a the finished flamethrower? There we go. There, okay, I like but, it. Um, I like the finished flame. The finished flame. Um, but yeah, so it, people saying they should have traded for a wing. Like, yeah, I get it. But at the end of the day, this team isn't going to the playoffs this year. They weren't going to the playoffs this year, probably with Larry Nance. Yes, this move makes them younger. They're basically just taking a swing on upside, which is what they should be doing as a team on the outside looking in. I, and, you know, I applaud the Cavs for realizing that they were on the outside looking in and not, you know, selling themselves on the, oh, well, we get better this offseason. Maybe we have a chance. Because guess what? There are literally 12 teams in the East who think they have a chance and not very many of them, you know, are going to actually get to where they quote unquote think they could get to. So I see what you mean. Yeah, that's true. If you look at what the actual chance, like what happens Mm -hmm. that, yeah, like the actual chance of that becoming a reality isn't very high. So I applaud the Cavs for being realistic with where they're at and acting accordingly. Okay. I give you, I give, I I give you some more credit for convincing me more in that direction. Cause I'm not gonna lie. I was very um, stunned. I was stunned at first. Like I said, I did not know what to make of this at first. Yeah, it was just it, – it, it just – it didn't make much sense to me. I'm like, that's not a need that you guys have unless you're convinced he plays three. Like, you know, I was going all sorts of ways with it. And so the shooting not kind of is what they a, need, though. Huh? The shooting is what they need, though. Yeah, the, Again, the shooting like most need definitely – they need some type – that's 100%. That's 100% because you're not getting it from Allen. You're not getting it from whatever three you have unless it's uh, Chetty, which in which case you're going to get, like, you know, a small quantity. He's not a great shooter. He's a decent one, I'd say, right? I'll say this. I would never I would not be disappointed if I never had to watch Shetty Osmond play basketball again. Whoa, there you go. And there is the take. <laughs> he said I would not be disappointed. All right, I guess that tells you everything you need to know about Osmond's play over the last two years. Um, yeah, I, I just there it is. I, I don't gotta say anything else. And then aside from that, you're looking at, you know, your your backcourt guys, which I'm actually high on. You know, I think that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um okay, since we're already here, you think uh, um you think um Sexton stays. I think he should. Um, and at this point, I think he probably does. Uh, obviously, you know, it's, it may or may not happen and we'll see. But again, I think the questions about that are overblown. Um, and I also think they've done a pretty good job. Now, marketing is a step in the opposite direction, but looking at what we still assume is kind of the long-term future of this team like they're doing about as good of a job as they can as building a like good defense around those guys in Okoro and Mobley and Allen. Um, so yeah, I mean, Rubio off the bench, uh, even guys who, you know, we'll see how much playing time they actually get, but you know, getting, you know, undrafted guys, Dean Wade, Lamar Stevens, who are, you know, both capable defenders, like they are getting defensive pieces around them that can make that work. But, um, again, in the short term, I think they do desperately need their offense. Uh, again, I'm saying short term, even after saying, you know, right now winning isn't probably the priority, at least not priority number one. But, no, I think it can work with those two. Um, again, 
Playoffs are when you maybe start running into some concerns, but the playoffs are still a little ways away, and we don't even know whether it will or will not work there yet because we haven't seen it at all. We haven't seen anything really close. So Yeah, we don't have anything on that. Okay, I'm with you on that. I'm not going too deep in it because I'm going to bring you on uh, actually very soon to talk about the Cavs offseason, just do a review of that. So we're, gonna, we're not going to go mm-hmm. too deep in it. But I was curious, this goes on my mind about looking outward with this Cavs team with the addition of marketing. But um, No, right. I don't uh, think they should trade Sexton for Obi Toppin. Darn it. Listen, actually, I'm, I had to scout Obi Toppin during summer league. Uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. No, I'm 100% with you on that. Obi Toppin can just stay. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go on Obi Toppin right now. It's not an Obi Toppin uh, hate fest here. This is a fun show that I'm now wrapping up. Justin, thank you for coming on again. Um, great sense of your presence and really breaking down this trade. Uh, I know we can find you at Justin Match 26, but do you have anything cooking going on right now? Um, just mourning the Dallas Mavericks loss of Nate Hinton. Oh, darn. He got waved waved too, right? Mm -hmm. Listen, I don't know who he is. Anyways, all right. So that'll do it here for another edition of Round Ball Ramble. Um, Actually, I do know who he is, but like from reading transaction sheets. So best of luck to him and his career. Um, With that being said, you can find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Again, make sure to check out my bro, Justin Matcham on Twitter at JustinMatch26. HoopBall on Twitter, hoop-ball.com. Uh, no, I said that on Twitter. On Twitter, at HoopBall. Tweets online, hoop-ball.com. Just like a HoopBall, y'all. You'll find it. You'll find my pod, so many other great ones, fantasy resources, everything you need. It's your mama's cooking. With that before being we said, get out here, before we oh, get out you here. almost had me. Yes, let's get it. What do we make of the Kilpatrick, Anthony Bennett, and Thon Maker super team for me in Israel? Does – oh, my gosh. That's a lineup. This Bennett has Justin a, Patton too. I forgot Justin Patton. Eh, Patton's whatever. No, I'm playing. He's actually decent. But do you think does Bennett have a jumper? They go as far as Bennett's jumper goes. That's my elbow. He's got a little elbow touch. So basically, know? he hasn't improved since 2013. Exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, they're not going far. <laughs> Listen, man. If you're not in the NBA and you're not grinding on that, I, I don't know what to say, man. Uh, shout out to Anthony Bennett, though. I still sometimes trade him in 2k13 when his value was super high uh, for basically anybody i want um glorious times glorious times broken 2k machine really made a lot of things better those days still broke but the game sucks too all right that being said for justin for myself we frosty y'all stay frosty and i'll talk to y'all real real soon This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.